Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. You say, well, he's forgot to offer. No, it's by design. <laughs> so, um, you know, I would say throughout the, uh, the close to 20 years I've been preaching the gospel, you know, I've, I've never been one to sit and preach on tithing and stuff like that. I just believe, you know, um, a matter of fact, when we were over in Alma, uh, which is a, a strong testimony. We never borrowed a dime. Never, never had to borrow a dime. Um, uh, never had to worry about finances. I never passed an offering plate. Uh, not one service did. We never passed an offering plate. I had a big thing set up at the back. We taught. We we just uh, taught the biblical principles of giving, and uh, just trusted God for our finances. And He always uh, seen that um, that we had uh, more than we need, but. As I guess it was during the marriage conference, someone asked me, now what I'm going to preach this morning, how many knows there's nothing new under the sun? And so there's times that the Lord just really speaks to me like, don't dig up the stump. I've never heard, you know, I've never heard that preached. Uh, I've never heard the Axe Man message preached. There's just things that I've never heard. I've never heard anyone preach on the power of the jawbone. Maybe you have, but I haven't heard that. And so, um, but this morning, I have heard what I'm going to preach. And Jensen Franklin, how many heard the message he preached on the exchange? Where he used, uh, it's one, it's a very powerful message. I took and listened to that message, and I I sat there and I paused it and I took notes and I paused it and took notes and I said this message is so powerful. On on and I was sitting there praying last week, and I said the next Wednesday night that I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to cut Jensen on the screens, and um, you know we'd probably tell everybody we're going to have Jensen Franklin coming Wednesday night, and we wouldn't be lying; he'd be here, uh, but he'd just be on the screen and. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and so then I realized and started looking at my schedule, and I was like, "Man, I'm going to be gone next Wednesday night. I'm going to preach over there," and it was just on me so strong. And I uh, I said, "Well, um, I'll hold it to the next Wednesday night, but I just can't hold it. It's just the number one thing on my heart. Uh, I dreamed about it last night before John Ben come woke us up, so I am kind of tired. I've uh, you know what I'm saying." Um, but I believe the Lord is going to strengthen me. But I believe the Lord wants to go after something this morning. If you can hear by the Spirit of God, listen, I'm, I'm not talking about money as much as I'm talking about our hearts, okay? Are you with me now? And first of all, let's establish this. This thing in the church, listen, uh, yeah, there, there is things in the church that has been overrated just like the uh, money's not the only thing that's been overrated in the church. Huh? Holiness has become so far to the right that you can't put on makeup. Huh? You can't wear jeans? Come on, how many knows that? And so one of the things that we do a lot of times in the church is of, if we overcorrect the vehicle and we get in one ditch to the right or we get in the other ditch to the left. We just got to learn how to get it in the middle of the road and go with it. Are you with me? And so, but how many knows this? Money's not evil. I've heard people say that a lot of times, that money is evil. The Bible never says money is evil. It says what? The love. Or let me say this, our trust, our heart, that our trust in money is what is evil. So let's look at this in Genesis, uh, in Genesis uh, I mean Deuteronomy 28. I'm sorry, I'll get in the right book. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now let me say this. How many, I, I need to, I want to ask you this. How many, I'm talking about truly believe, truly believe in this house that God wants to bless you? Are you with me? Now, how many, because here's another thing. Here, here's, here's the two errors. Number one, 
that, uh, that because of our bank account tells how spiritual we are. That's an absolute stupid. I know a bunch of people that's got a lot of money in their bank account that ain't spiritual. But here's another lie. By being poor, to be humble and to be spiritual is an absolute lie. I said by... <laughs> We down here in the south, we got to see we bid into a lot of stuff. How many knows this that our state was founded? This is where all the debtors came. This is what what James Watt Oglethorpe that sailed up the Savannah River, all the ones that were released from debtors' prison, sailed here and hoped to have a better life. Now, let's just get in this thing and we're going to dig in here and then hopefully by the end of it, it's going to be really good, okay? Um, Now, Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, look at this, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you this day, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings, look at this in verse 2, and all these blessings shall come upon you, look at this, and overtake you because what you obey the voice of the Lord your God. That word overtake, how many has ever been at the beach and you wade out there a little bit and you get around your knees or get up to your thighs and a big wave comes and knocks you down? That's what he's talking about. Amen. This is what God said. I want to bless you and overtake you. It's quiet up in here. Maybe three people going to get blessed. God said, I want to overtake you with it. Now look at this. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall your basket and your kneading bowl and blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. And the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you um, to be defeated before your face and they shall come out against you Uh, one way and flee before you seven ways. And the Lord will command, look at this, the blessing. Now he said that blessings were going to overtake us. Now he said the Lord will command what? The blessing on you and in your storehouses in all to which you set your hand and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Now how many knows that the blessing is different from blessings? Blessings come and go, but the blessing is a lifestyle. That is an anointing and a presence that rests upon our lives of the blessing. This is where we all want to get. Now here's another thing. People get upset in the house of God when we preach money and says, well, preachers are just trying to get money. But here's the thing. When you go to the doctor and you got a knee problem, he's going after your knee. Hello? Well, if we got financial problems, what do we need to preach in the house of God? Finances. If we got marriage problems, what do we do? But here's the deal. We hold a marriage conference. Most people that are struggling with their marriage will never show up to the marriage conference. The ones that have great marriages will be at the marriage conference. Hello. And then we whine and complain to God, why ain't you coming through? If you want, obey me. So we don't go to the doctor and cuss him out because what he's doing ain't working when we take because we didn't take the medicine. He's gonna say, "Did you do what I told you to do?" Uh, no, I haven't done that. Uh, 
We go preach and be pretty, though. Okay? Be nice. Listen to this. Psalms 35, verse 27. Go there. Psalms 35, verse 27. We're going to slow down and maybe, I, you know I'm subject to holler, but I'm going to try to really get this word in us today. Look at this. Psalms 35 and verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Listen, it makes God happy to bless us. Does it not make you happy to bless your children? Grant has to really believe it makes me happy because he tries to make me happy all the time. Listen, it brings God great joy to bless us. All right. Now, I got this part from Jensen, and I'm going to get right into it. Jensen talks about, in his message, the great exchange. I challenge you, go home and listen to it. It's awesome. And Jensen has a, I mean, he's mastered the preaching to put a powerful punch in about 23 to 25 minutes, which is amazing. And so uh, I'm a little more long-winded than that. So don't get excited that we're going to be here 23 minutes. I have stretched it out and added some to it to make it go an hour. Because they pay me so great here, I'm going to at least preach an hour. You with me? You feel good? Look at your neighbor and say, man, they some things fixing to break today. All right. How many want to move? I want to ask you this. How many wants to move in the next level of giving? And the next level of blessing on your life. Raise your hand. All right. Now I'm going to give you a prescribed recipe that I guarantee will work for your life. Why? Because I am a living example. All of us are in one of these four areas that I'm going to mention. Jensen mentions the four storehouses in the Bible is a bag, a barrel, a basket, and a barn. All of us are in these one of these areas. Now... It doesn't matter how, listen, I think, I think all of us come from different backgrounds. All of us was raised different, okay? Some of us was, was, was raised um, on, one, on, on some of us on the other side of the track, some of us on one side of the track, okay? And so I, did, I came from a very blue-collar family. If we needed something, we had to go borrow it. I don't believe that is the will of God for my life. Come on now. Y'all awful quiet. I believe that the word says he will make us the head and not the tail. But we have got to rise up and start living in the blessings that God has provided for us. We can continually to quote that. And let me say this. And so we know this in the state of Georgia where we live, down in the south, there's this deep root of, pro of poverty that is in us. Poverty is not just a lack of finance. It's a mindset. It's a heart attitude, if you will. You can, be, you can have tons of money and, and live with poverty. Poverty is the feeling of lack or running out. How many of us will say that we tend to lean that way? Am I the only one? Huh? You can have thousands of dollars sitting over here, but some you're worried that you're not going out. And so here's the thing. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord um, uh, maketh one rich and addeth what? No sorrow to it. As long as the blessing is on my life and I stay under the Lordship, here's the danger, is when the blessings have you. Are you with me now? It, does the house have you? Does the car have you? 
Does the finances have you? And here's the thing that's got to break today. What we've got to understand, we are not owners. We are stewards of what's been given to us. Your money is not your money, friend. He has lent that to you to see if you can steward that. And this life is nothing but training ground or boot camp, if you will, of what will happen in the life to come. And Jesus said, if you can't be faithful with, uh, with mammon, if you can't be faithful with your money, how can you be entrusted with true riches? True riches is not having the house in Malibu. True riches is having a marriage that will last for 75 years. True riches is having the anointing to break the, the yoke of sin, if you will. Come on, somebody. True riches is being able to give someone a prophetic word when they need it. True riches is having the gift of healing and the power of healing at work in your life. True riches is not driving a Bentley. And so I begin to think and over the course of my life, I remember when Grant was born and just thinking about just today where we're at and we don't live high on the hog by no means. Uh, I'm, I'm ready like the Jeffersons. I'm ready to move it on up. Come on. But... But to think about when Grant was two years old, a pair of vineyard vine slacks that he has on was out of my reach. I drove a 1988 Nissan hardbody, four-wheel drive. Little, and the guys at work said it was so ugly, you need a tetanus shot to look at it. <laughs> it's a little five-speed. I was proud of it. I paid cash for it. gave gave $1,000 because we got a tax return. I ain't seen one of them in a long time, praise God. <laughs> but anyhow, and I remember one day that we were going to Alma. We would drive that thing to church sometimes. I would park it in the back, hide it in the back corner. How many members, if you know T.D. Jakes, listen to him long enough, they said when he first started out, his vehicle was so ugly, the elders would push it down the street where they wouldn't even think that. T.D. said he'd go to a conference and ask him, was he going out to eat? And he said, no, I feel like I need to stay in the room and pray. That's because he didn't have the money to go out and eat. And he said he'd eat a treat, meat sandwich, and drink some Kool-Aid. Come on, somebody. And so I remember Grant and I pull, pulled up to Harvey's one afternoon. And there was an elder in our church. And, and so that wasn't the only vehicle we had. Catherine had a nicer vehicle than I did. It wasn't no brand new one, but it was a whole lot nicer than mine. Well, mine, the starter was tore up. The Bendix on the starter, so it would just hit sometimes. Well, I couldn't afford to fix it. So we had to sit there and keep hitting it until we hope it crank. And there was one of, my elder, one of the elders in our church, he was, and he pulled up right in front of Grant and I. We were coming out of the store. Grant was two years old, two and a half, three, something along in there. And so I'm putting him in there, and I, say, I said, Lord, <laughs> don't let this thing hit about seven times. You know, so I smashed the clutch in, and I said, Lord, you know, I'm thinking the whole time praying. And I remember that the time I touched it, it turned over and just cranked right up. And Grant looked and said, Daddy, he crook up the first time. <laughs> so listen, here's the deal. We know God wants to bless us. So let's look right here in the Word. How many knows the Bible does provide us some answers? All right. Now let's go to the book of Haggai. I'm going to start here. Haggai. We got a lot of ground to cover, so just stay with me. Right here, man, this time's already uh, slipping from us right here. 
All right, how many's getting cold? You cold now? You good? All right, if you get cold, just tell us. We got somebody that can work it, okay? All right, Haggai chapter 1. Here's the deal. The four storehouses is a bag, a barrel, a basket, and a barn. Now, here is the bag. The bag is where I have lived. Uh, Probably not only myself, but probably others have lived in here. The bag is the land of not enough. It's not enough. Now, um, the bag is, let's, let's just read it right here. In Haggai chapter 1 verse 6, it says, You have sown much and you bring in little. In other words, you work your hind end off, but they're just little at the end. Now let me, let me establish this too. First of all, our answer is not more money. I remember this was, I was probably 20 or 21 years of age making $9, around 20, making $9 an hour. I started off at the phone company. The two, the two number one jobs in my hometown was if you could get on with the phone company and if you could get on with the co-op, Satilla REA, which would be like Cockwood EMC. And so I, I managed to get a job at the phone company. But the phone company believed in starvation to seniority. <laughs> And every time we, we had a supervisor that every time was about to get a raise, he would, he would be, he'd pull you to the side. Man, we struggling like never before. And they driving brand new Beamers. And I mean, so we ain't struggling. You know what I'm saying? And so, but anyhow, I remember, and we, we were taught this uh, financial class. Now, the, the person that was a CPA at our, uh, at our company or whatever was Jewish. How many knows that Jewish folks ain't struggling financially? Come on now. Why? Because they believe what? In the blessing of Abraham. And you and I have been engrafted in that same family, friend. Come on now. According to the book of Galatians. All right. So I remember thinking, they sent us to this money management class. And like most paupers or most people with a poverty mentality, I'm sitting there thinking, why are they trying to teach me how to manage $9? Here's the deal. If you can't manage $9, you can't manage $90. Come on now. Here's the deal. The danger that you dug yourself into a hole with $9, all you're doing is increasing the size of the shovel when you get to $90. Come on. This is good. Mr. Tom's going to run around in a minute, I promise you. It's good teaching right here. So here's the deal. The same thing. If you can't tithe off of $9, you will never tithe off of $90. Listen, this spirit cannot be broken by you fasting, by you crying out to God. You will never break it that way. You will never break it until you get, the, until you get through your thick head that God blesses generosity. That is the only axe that you have to begin chopping this root loose in your life. Now, I remember when we lived with the bag. <laughs> You, you, you drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earn wages to put, to put into a bag with holes. So we, 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 we're, we're working all we can do to try to make it. And we got this bag. It's a pretty bag, ain't it? The only bag I could describe, and I ain't going to go there. As you know, I ain't been saved all my life. <laughs> we used to have I'm, I was thinking of the Crown Royal bag how many knows what I'm talking about raise your hand no, 
Don't be ashamed to raise your hand if you don't know. Lord. <laughs> so anyhow, we, we put this money. We're in the land of not enough. We're working as hard as we can work. And we're putting our money into this bag. And Haggai says we put the money into a bag that has holes in it. Now I understand we've heard this preached a lot. We've heard that the holes come from broken covenants and all this. I believe all that. But here's another thing that Wade Jensen preached it that I never saw it. He said what breaks the fibers in the bag, number one is you always got it around, you've always got it in your hand. And another thing, when you begin to squeeze it tight, you break the fibers down in the bag. Now see, you got to understand, the kingdom of God is an upside down kingdom. It operates opposite than the world's kingdom. The world's kingdom says to get up, you need to step on somebody, put somebody else down so that you can get higher. But Jesus believed in James Brown's music and he said if you want to go high, you got to get down. Come on somebody. Now if you want to receive, you got to give. That sounds crazy. That, that, Father, I don't need to give anything today because I need what I have that's in my bag. But here's the deal. If, if all you have is in this bag and you don't give, that is all that will ever be in that bag. Now when Catherine and I was so broke we couldn't afford to pay attention, here's one thing that we never did. I have always been a giver. It's awful quiet. My dad was a, was a redneck alcoholic, but he taught me and modeled to me how to give and be generous. All right. So we hold this bag. We all use notes. We hold this bag. The, ba the bag mentality says it's mine. We're tight-fisted, holding on to it. This is what I've earned. This is mine. Jesus referred to the bag mentality. When uh, Let's look at Luke chapter 12. Let's read this because I, I want to make sure you get this. I don't want to just quote it. I want you to see this. Luke chapter 12. Then I got something. We're going to end on a real powerful point. I, I, I got something I'm holding. Make your chest bump before we leave. Look at this. Look at verse 33 of Luke chapter 12. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves with money bags which do not grow old and treasure a treasure in heaven that does not fall where no thieves approach nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All of us in here, if you want to know what your passion is, open your checkbook. It will reveal your passion to you. He just said, where your heart is, your treasure is there also. Some of our passion is TJ Maxx. Lowe's. Let's get on me. Bass Pro. My God. Jesus said, I want to give you a bag that does not break down. Now think about this. I thought about the bag mentality, and, and I'm, I'm preaching right along Jensen if you go home. So, so listen, don't go home and say, he stole Jensen Franklin's message. I'm telling you right now, I stole his message. <laughs> and if Jensen heard mine on the stump and asked me, he'd steal it too. That's right. 
Hello. So here's the deal. Judas was the one that toted the bag. Now think about this. The only ones that will leave this house this morning offended when we talk about finances is people who live with this mentality. It was Judas who sat in the house when Mary came in there and broke that alabaster box of oil that was worth almost a year's worth of wages. He was the one that spoke up and said something else could have been done with this money. Huh? Bag mentality. It's mine. This is all it will ever be. The bag. Not enough. God wants you out of the bag mentality. He does not want you living on the crumbs that fall from the table. He wants you sitting at the table enjoying the blessings of God. How many believe that? The next is a barrel. Let's go to 1 Kings 17. First Kings 17. Now, and Elijah the Tishbite, let me make sure I'm re- reading where I'm supposed to right here. Yeah, let's go to verse 8. The word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now think about this. He's down there. He's down there at the brook. They're in a land of famine. There ain't nobody got no they ain't nobody got no choice steak, okay? I can tell you. Nobody ain't got no fresh bread but Ahab and Jezebel. Uh, ravens going by their house to pick it up. Look how God will provide for you. The raven swoops through, picks up the choice steak and the bread, brings it down to Elijah at the brook. But the brook dries up. So he got to move, right? Now he hears that God has commanded a widow woman in Zarephath that's gonna sustain him. So think about this. When we hear, okay, I this is me thinking. If God's commanded a widow to sustain me, he's fitting to roll me up somewhere at least to Bear Creek. The old money, right? Come on. He's fitting to roll me up to somebody that's probably got, I mean, something in the yard, probably a Lexus or something. He rolls them up to a camper trailer with a broke down Dotson in the yard. Now, don't you think that he started thinking within himself I mean, did I hear God? First of all, she comes out of the house distraught. Notice what, he's got a word. Listen, the word has everything in it to build everything you need if you will act and believe on the word. If you don't act and believe on the word, then don't fuss when it don't work for you. All right? So he pulls up. She's distraught. She said, listen. I mean, I can't even sustain myself. Are you crazy? I got, I'm, I'm coming out to gather sticks because we down at the bottom of the barrel. I'm going to make this, this one thing a meal that we have left. I'm making a pancake out of this. And then me and my son's going to eat it and we're going to die. Now notice, here's the preacher. Think about this in today's time. If this happened, WALB would be there. Pastor John pulled up at a widow's house and took the last piece of meal that she had. Look at the preachers. Huh? 
but they ain't standing in front of a doctor that, that, that here's a Dr. John who's cut the abdomen out of clay and pulled out a tumor. We don't do, no. We go to the doctor and let him put us full of drugs to put us down to sleep in there. Cut it out. So this one, listen. So she's got the, I got some cornmeal in here for anybody. I got some fish. We'll cook them out of church. <laughs> Praise God. Look. She's got, she's got one thing a meal. Now here's the preacher. Give me that meal first. But what you got to understand here, here's a type and shadow of God with your giving. Give me mine first. Get off me right here. See, some of you can't get off the bag because you can't trust God to give him his first. His is 10%, friend. That ain't your money. That's your rent payment for living on the earth. Hello? It's awful quiet. See, I'll shout on this. I'm a giver. I see. I seen a thing on, on so uh, somebody sent me. I believe it was Matt sent me some, I don't know, maybe last year sometime. But there was this church that had this big board in the back. And it had broad letters across the non-tithers board. <laughs> and then, if you wasn't tithing, your name was on it. I said, glory to God. Huh? Listen. The tithe is not yours. It belongs to God. Here's what she said. Listen, here goes the fear. Every time you go to give, especially if you, if you have never been scared at what you gave, you probably ain't never gave something. Now I have left before thinking, hello. Now I told Catherine, I said, I'm preaching on giving Sunday. And I said, this is what the Lord told me to give. She began to tell me everything that we need. Now let me just say, I'm going in my own mind. Now this morning, I'm trying to pray and all the thoughts are going through my mind of what I need to do with what's in my pocket. But here's the deal. The only way you're going to break it is get rid of it. My trust is not in that pocket. What's in that pocket ain't going to pay my house off. It ain't going to take care of what I need. So if it, can't, if it can't pay the bill of what I need, it's not, it's not the harvest. It's the seed that goes into the ground that will provide the harvest. Now the harvest to take care of what I need and then some. Now the barrel living is just enough. I got just enough now to get by. It's just enough. I mean, I can pay the light bill, get the rent paid, the mortgage, I'm not walking around with a dinosaur phone. Now I maybe got a little phone with a little data on it. Come on now. Give me that first. Don't you think, first of all, who, who is this dude? Why are you just showing up at my house? Why, why are you showing up at my house? See, God, you can't never get to where you want to get unless you gain the knowledge or you see it. But God will always put somebody in your lane or path to get you to the next level where he's trying to get you. I will use this. I got a family member. They got a business where they should be making a great amount of money. 
but for whatever reason, they always struggle with it. They're in the land of just enough. So this other type guy starts befriending one of my family members. And he said, to be honest, I, I used couldn't stand this guy. Well, this guy called him up. He said, how about you and your family come down? Let's go, let's go to Florida for a week. Well, when he hears that, what does he start doing? He starts looking in his bank account to see if he can go to Florida for a week. But here's the deal. The guy said, no, you don't understand. I want to take you and your family to Florida for a week. He puts the whole bill. So I'm sitting now having a conversation. I said, let me tell you something. God brought that man into your lane to show you how to reshape your business because he wants you in the same place that he's sitting at right now. Now, I'm telling you my own life. I remember we used to have church at, at, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm telling you where I come from, friend. I got the pictures to prove it. I ain't asking you to cry for me. I thank God for every, every, every stage of the journey that I've been in. When they would say, let's go to Pete's Inn after service. The Pete's Inn buffet was $7. And I had to sit there and think if we had the $14, Catherine and I, to go use that. Because, man, I mean, she was, she was in college. I'm making $10 an hour. I got a son that's two and a half years old. I'm washing cars on Saturday to put diapers on my child. This is where I'm at. Now to see where God's brought me from, we go out to eat Tuesday night after the ball game. My father-in-law's sitting down there. He's not broke. He got enough money to pay for the whole meal. But I said, give me the ticket. Well, I got the ticket, I missed $150. How many want to live your life like that? Now, I'm trying to get to the next level. So the barrel, the barrel is the land of not enough. Now, think about this. I'm, I, got, I know what I got. I got $50. And now this preacher's up here saying to give him the $50. Are you kidding me? We're going to eat it and die. He releases, listen to this. He took her mind off of what she had and what she didn't have and he painted the picture of the future in the harvest. Listen to this. He said, if you will give to me first that barrel that you're dipping into, I feel the anointing of God right there. Just come on me right there. I'm telling you like hot grease. That barrel that you're dipping into will not run dry until this famine breaks. But what you gotta obey, you gotta you gotta reach, you gotta reach out of fear into faith. Fear is faith in the wrong kingdom. Hello. Listen, this is what I'm saying. We broke through in this building in about every area. But one area we can't we 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 tipping at, but we can't break it is finances. Hot. Let's. I'm going to command. Now check this out. She gets the faith to give it first. She gives him the cake. Now think about this. She's sitting over there watching him eat the cake. My gosh, some good groceries right here, woman. Probably everything in her was like, that's just like every preacher. They want all my pancakes. <laughs> so now she's got to trust what God said. Now she goes back over there. Hey, that barrel ain't running over. Ain't none spilling on the ground. But I go back. Doggone, there's another scoop. She goes back. There's another scoop. And for three and a half years, every day she went to it, there was a scoop in there. Now, we've gone from the land of not enough 
to the land of just enough. Now God wants to move us to the land of more than enough. Let's look at this. Y'all all right? We're learning something. All right. Now here's the basket. The basket is more than enough. Now when you start moving into the basket, the basket is no longer hidden. This is when we're not jumping you off after church. Hello? This is now, it's visible in your life. There's something happening. I mean, he can get out of TJ Maxx sometimes and go to Dillard's. Hello? It's visible. This is when the blessing hits it and it's visible. Can't hide it no more. Something's happening in my life. You with me? Now here is the basket that is found in John chapter 6. That here's a young lad that's fixing to feed 5,000 people with three fish and a few loaves. But what happened? It it never multiplied. Jesus commanded the blessing and it multiplied in their hands, right? Listen, your, your next level of giving is in your hands right now. Your next level of living is in your hands right now. It's what you do with it. Get no help. I'm, te- I'm telling the gospel truth right here this morning, friend. I'm telling you. Now notice this. They, feed tw- they, they receive 12 basketfuls back. This is God saying, you won't give that I won't give back to you more than what you trust me with. That... He said, take up the 12 baskets, send him back home with 12 baskets, fools, because I want him and his whole household to know that if they're willing to give what's in that basket, I will multiply it. This is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not two plus two. The kingdom is one can put a thousand, but two can put 10,000. There's multiplication in the kingdom. And you and I have access to that realm. It's a trust. See, some of us trust God with healing. You trust God with healing, but you don't trust God with your finances. Why? It's proof. You can't tithe off of what you get. I don't care what comes out of your mouth. Your actions speak otherwise. We don't trust Him. Now, here's the deal. Any money that Catherine and I have ever given, and she sent me a text, I'm on board Would you give whatever. I give the house. It don't matter to me. Because none of that, none of that has me, friend. Are you with me? Now, I'm, I like money just as much as anybody. I get nervous the same way you get nervous. But at the end of the day, Matt, could you honestly tell these people that God has supernaturally changed my life over the last decade? You have watched me. And what did I tell you in my office when I called you in? If you want the life I have, I want you to live it the way I do. Just follow me as I follow God. That's all I'm saying. God's no respecter of person. What he's done for me, he'll do for you. Now this is where I come from. Now Matt knows Matt used to be at the bank. I'm telling you where I come from. I had a single wide mobile home when I was three months behind on a $270 house payment. Anybody else ever been in like this room? Come on somebody. Don't tell me. Don't look at that ride I ride in now and think I got it all together. 
I got a long ways to go, but God has brought me somewhere in my life. And here's the deal. What I knew that if I wanted to get out of this, I knew this. God has provided me. I'm not killing nobody here. I don't know why I bring weapons out. I like weapons. Guns, hatchets, whatever you got. But here's the deal. I knew I can't fast this away, and you can't pray it away. But here is what God's given in your hand. This is generosity, friend. Are you with me? And it starts, pow, one leg at a time. What I started chopping with was my tithe. I finally got faith enough to tithe. When we put it on paper, I'll tell you, there ain't no way this is ever going to work. There's, we don't, we don't, we, we are, do not have the money. With some of you, you do your budget, you put your house payment, your car payment, your cell phone bills. Uh, you, let's get on there. You put your cigarettes and everything else on paper that you got to have for the month. And then at, at the very bottom, you put tithe. That's where your budget is wrong, friend. The tithe goes at the top. Hello. Hello. The tithe goes at the top. When you put the tithe at the top, you pull the axe out and say, listen, you ain't going to bind me no more. You spirit of poverty, I curse you, I break you right now in Jesus' name. I will not live in bondage to finances. I will be the head and not the tail. I will be the lender and not the bar. I will be blessed. My family will be blessed. Come on, some of you need to cry out like Jabez. God bless me and bless me indeed. I've seen it work. I know what I'm preaching this morning. I didn't have to get this from Jensen. It's been in my life, friend. You start chopping. Live with the basket. The basket's when you can go sit down at the table and you can take care of the bill. And standing back, hey, they believe I live with a basket. They don't mind ordering it. Where are we going to eat, Pastor? I'm just telling you. They'll be my sons in the Lord. I'm going to take care of them. And I'm going to honor them. i got one opportunity to represent the Father to them. Because you know what? I know that the course of time is going to change. I know that they're going to father and mentor. And I know that people's going to take refuge in their shade. And the times will change. And when they'll sit at the head of the table. And they'll take care of the bill. Hello. Clay and I go to preach a funeral in Macon. He rides with me. He and I, our meal was $20, right? 20, little, little 20 bucks. So I got back and I left him. I said, y'all go, go get this, this. I leave him a $100 bill. Stan put some change on the desk. It's like $12. We love you, pastor. I said, where in the world y'all eat at? He said, oh, we called Abby and Nicole to come eat with us. I love every minute of it. Because I know the more I keep in the ground. See, friend, I can believe right now somebody can pull up in that yard right there and give me a hundred grand. Why? Because I got enough seed in the ground. I believe somebody can pull up right now and say, brother, I want to bless you with a million dollars. Why? Because I got enough seed in the ground. You know why I can expect the harvest? Because I got seed in the ground every day. But let me tell you this. What farmer is an idiot enough to sit there and go plow his field and never put nothing in it and complain to God in October because he ain't got nothing to go out there and collect? Listen, he's going to stand at night with anticipation because why? I told, I took the seed off the shelf. Some of us has got precious seed like Psalms 126, but I took it off the shelf and I put it in the ground and I trusted God that he's going to water it. He's going to protect it. He's going to cause it to grow for me. Come October, I'm going to have twice of what I put in the ground. All right, let's go on. We're almost done. Look at your neighbor and say he's almost done. 
key word in that is almost. Here's where we're trying to get to. It's the barn level. See, because this is the vision I have at the church. See, I'm, we, we're going to do a lot in this community. But I've got to have generous folks. I've got to have people in this room that's tired of living for yourself and want to live for God. Hello. I don't need nothing else. I want some things. You know what? If, I, if, you, get a, if you get an 18-foot boat, you're on a 20-foot boat. I'll get off of that, Lord. I brought that in there. I, I would really like a 21-foot boat, God, if I won't be specific. Let me go ahead and put it out there. Two power poles on the back. 250. God, help us, Jesus. Now, I'll probably need a three-quarter ton truck to pull it with, God. I just won't be to tell you the way it is. <laughs> huh? Listen, that's not what I want the money for. Let me just tell you this story. There's a guy in Reed Bingham. Grant knows I'm telling the gospel truth here. He had a $60,000, $70,000 Ranger. I saw him out there. I was like, boy, me and Grant was looking at that boat. I ain't going to lie. I was probably covered in a little. We'd be honest. He fished around. Me and Grant had a good day. I think we had one, what, a little over eight and one little over six, something like that. that I put in the live well just to keep him in there and look at him. He pulled up beside us and we in that aluminum bass boat. He said, there ain't no fish in this lake, are there? I reached my live well and pulled them two hogs out. I said, there's a couple in here. And I slid them back in the water. I said, you can try to go catch them now. <laughs> hey, it ain't what you drive, baby. It's the know-how. Come on. Woo, I feel God. You ready right here? This is where we want to get. This is where we're trying to get to. This is where we're trying to get to as a church. This is where we're trying to get to as individuals. We want to live in the barn. We want the barn. The barn is not more than enough. The barn is crazy more than enough. Amen. See, when I go to the Hornet game last night and I see that high-level sponsorship sign hanging down there and they calling out Cornerstone Church, you know what I know? Listen. I ain't got that down there just for whatever. I want the community to know I'm for the hornets. I'm for the kids. Hello. Come on now. This is why I want more than enough. Build them a new ballpark. See, when I talk like this, some of you in this room, you think that can't happen. It can happen, friend. It can happen. It can happen. These business owners in here, that it could happen through. I mean, King get 20 fresh contracts and now he's gone to, to, to he's in the billion dollar range. It just happened. Michelle just franchised and she's in, I mean, eight states. It just happened. See, you think it's out of reach, but I'm telling you, it's not out of reach. That's the spirit of poverty that always tells us it's out of our reach. I can't have that. Why can't you have it? So the barn is the life of Joseph. Joseph has a dream when he's young, tells his brothers, everybody won't get excited about your dream. They try to kill him. 
right? They sell him out, throw him into a pit, lie to the father, said that he died or whatever, but they throw him in a pit. Here come some Ishmaelites, get Joseph out of the pit. Side note on that, if you watch Genesis' message, who was, who was Abraham's other son but Ishmael? Ishmael comes back up, retrieves the promise, out the pit, come on. Sell him out into slavery. And Potiphar's wife lied on Joseph, said that she tried to rape her. He's thrown into prison. In prison, there's some dreams happening in the prison, and Joseph can interpret dreams. Now he interprets a dream and he tells the guy after he interprets a dream that's restored back into the king, the cupbearer that's restored back to the king. He says, tomorrow when you're restored back into the king, remember me. And I love this. The Bible says, after two full years, he remembered Joseph. Boy, the word tested that brother, didn't it? So Joseph, now the king has a dream and in his dream he sees seven fat cows and he sees seven skinny cows and he goes to everyone to try to, to, try to, um, to try to interpret the dream and no one can't seem to interpret the dream. So the guy says, hey, I remember there's a dude down in prison that I had a dream. We had this dream about the birds coming down, eating bread out of a basket, and one restoring the cup back to the king. Hey, I was the lucky one. I was the one restoring the cup back to the king, but the other one was the one that got destroyed. The birds of the air ate him. He said, let's go down there and get him. And so he brings him back, and Joseph stands before, uh, stands before the king, and he says, uh, he says that, he said, yeah, I can interpret the dream. The seven fat cows that you saw is we're fixing to move in seven years of abundance like the world has never seen. We're fixing to make money hand over fist. I mean, where corn was producing two, two heads of grain, it's fixing to produce six. It's fixing to be unbelievable blessing for seven years. But the seven skinny cows you've seen that ate up the seven full, that ate up the seven big cows, this is seven lean years that's coming. We're fixing to go through famine. The ground ain't going to produce nothing. So what we've got to do is we've got to store up the seven years of plentiful so that we can make it through the seven years of drought. Now, remember Joseph's dream that his brothers was going to bow down to him. They said, you absolute fool. We, and then he told his daddy, even daddy, you're going to bow to me. Now, throughout the land of famine, Joseph's brothers run out of grain. So they got to go to Egypt, Right? Joseph is storing up the promise for generations to come. Listen to me, what I'm trying to help you see right here. He's storing up a promise that is, that is for generations to come because God's going to move them to Egypt, right? And they're going to be there for 430 years, but God only said be there 400. And at the end, listen, God's going to store, he's storing this up for the slaves. This is a picture of the wealth of the wicked being laid up for the righteous. Come on, somebody. This is a picture of the... And listen, you remember that the gold and the silver wasn't for the Egyptians. The slaves walked out with it. The slaves are leaving that night saying, my God, that's a fine Versace necklace or whatever it is you got on. Okay, here. They load up all the silver and gold and head out. Why? Because God said, listen, you work 400 something years free, I'm fitting to pay you in one night. Boom, drop it on you. And Joseph has the ability now 
that he's transporting the wealth into nations. This is where we got to get to. Listen, I, I just want to touch sparks right now. I want to touch some nations. Are you with me now? We just got this. And I'm going to play a clip at the end. But Matt sent me this yesterday. Out in Reddy, California, where Bill Johnson and them are at, they had this police unit or whatever that, that was, they, the city was going to have to do away with because they couldn't afford it or whatever. So what they do? Chris Valentin stands up and says this. We're going to give the city police department $250,000 a year for the next two years to help them sustain this police unit that they need. And we believe that's out of reach. It's not out of reach, friend. It takes radical generosity. Do you remember the night that I preached on the four pillars of honor on that Wednesday night? The oil was so, I mean, just unreal up in here. We started getting on that right here. I want to show you something right here. Listen, look at right here. I want to read you a verse of scripture if I can remember where that's it, where that is. Dusty, I showed it to you earlier. I got to find out where, what I did with it. It was Proverbs 25. Look at this. Will you play right here? Right here. I'm almost done. I'm fishing land this plane. Clay, you got the wheelbars to take up the offering with. All right. I'm going to be one step closer to that 22-foot boat after this service. I know what I'm doing with the money. So here's the deal. I thought about this. We just learned how to be a blessing and move in radical generosity. That, man, last night before I went to bed, I was thinking of everything that I had at my house I could give away. You know what I'm saying? We've tried to awaken a generation, listen to me, through lights, haze, what we have here. We've tried to awaken it through dynamic preaching. I'm fixing to give you a promise right here. Look at this. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. If you've never read the Passion Translation of the Bible, it is absolutely off the chain. This is Psalms 25 verse 21. Is your enemy hungry? Buy him lunch. Win him over with your kindness. Your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience and God will reward you with favor. This is what I'm wanting to move into. There's three levels of giving, if you will. There's the giving to the storehouse. Why do we give to the storehouse? What does the Bible say in Malachi 3? What? So the priest will be taken care of. Is that right? Am I in the book? Am I in the book? Right? Huh? And according to the scripture, don't get mad with me. The Bible says that he's worthy of double honor. Is that what the Bible says? Huh? Here's the next thing. We give to human need. We give to human need. You need clothes, I'm going to get you some clothes. You need food, I'll get you the food. But here's another level. We give just to honor. Listen to this. If, if the battle is the seed to territory, if praise is the seed to presence, then honor is the seed of access. Gosh, boy. I'm dropping you some nuggets, I'm telling you right now. Honor is the seed of access. 
And when we show honor not to get anything in return. Boys, I'm going to put the finest uniforms on this football team that they have ever known. They'll look like a collegiate team. I don't care if you ever dock the doors of my church, but I'm going to tell you how wild God is about you. And it was my privilege to honor you. And we begin to look ways to honor. See, I want you so blessed that when somebody comes in, that a little girl comes in that could never believe she could dart the doors to afford the dress. I want you to put the finest you got on her store and you write her the check right there, whatever, and say, paid for in full. Come on. Come on. This is, this is where I want to live. This is where I do live every day of my life. Bill talks about his wife in the store and, and we may play the clip in a minute. I don't know if we'll get there. But she's, she's, she's in the store whatever and uh, lady behind lady, lady says, oh, I love your purse. She looks at the cashier, whatever. She says, can I get, I need another bag right here. And the cashier gives, gives her a bag or whatever. She takes her purse and dumps everything into that bag and turns around and gives her a purse. This is, listen, what I'm talking about is not money. Don't, don't get tripped. Don't let the enemy say, he's talking about, no, I'm talking about a lifestyle, a heart that says, listen, I want to show you the goodness of God through honor. Yes, it has everything to do with my finance. It has far more than that. Far more than that. Reading was, decades ago, was known as poverty flats. Just poverty flats. That's what deal. Well, you know what? I'm not. My city's not going to be known as poverty flats. I don't give a rip what kind of title you. Got, but we are not going to be known as poverty flats. So they begin to work and deal with that. They begin to do things like this. They begin to they begin to take other churches that were struggling in their community, and they begin to write salaries to the staff of other churches to help them out to get ahead. What happened is, is that created a movement in that community, in that city. Another church gave away the finest bus that they had at their church and gave it to another church. This is the kingdom I'm trying to tell you, friend. This is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it is joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. And so here's the deal. You got foot soldiers today that you got. You got them right here. Here's your foot soldiers right here. I don't make $200,000 a year. I don't make big piles of money. The first time I ever gave a $1,000 gift, I knew and I gave it to an individual. And I thought I was going to have a heart attack when I gave the gift. And the person I gave it to didn't even know how to receive it. But it was a Christmas time, and it was, it was a dear friend of mine that was struggling, and the Lord had blessed me, and I told Kevin, I said, I'm going to give a $1,000. Kevin, are you crazy? Because it ain't like we got tens of them to go back and look for. You follow what I'm saying? I need every dollar I got in my hand. But I got a 1000 right here, and they're foot soldiers that I release in the kingdom of God because I will break the back of this greed. I will break the back of the poverty off of this church. 
You with me? I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm only hitting this $1,000 with this church. It's going to turn around and go out. And I'm going to write this check to honor a man in this community that does that works with the broken and the hurting. And I'm going to honor him with a gift. And I will write him a letter and I will go wash his feet. And I'll say, man, listen here. I want to thank you for what you do in this community. This is how the kingdom, we get access into more and more and God can begin to trust us. God wants to trust us with great realms of finances. He has in the past. He will do it again, friend, if we can be trusted to live what I'm talking about this morning. Now, you can leave this place and you can get in fear or whatever. I can give Emmett to Mike and he can preach it better than I can. But has God not blew the absolute socks off your life in the past couple of years? I know He has. I'm trying to tell you how you chip it. How you chip it. How you chip it is what I'm talking about this morning. Now, Father, I pray right now. Listen, what I would do is I would have you to pray because I really felt like the Lord told me this. God is going to watch the plate today, which He always does. You believe that? When Jesus took up the offering, He didn't sit in the back. Jesus stood right by the plate. He noticed everything that was put in the plate. Am I in the gospel right here? Mary Hill, am I preaching the Bible up in here? He stood right by the plate. He watched what went in. He watched Johnny Big Britches go up there and drop a $100 bill that didn't move him. Right? He, just like this. Right now, I mean, I, I might well just get into, Listen, he called me the other day. We got this car. Single mom. No, I know that they don't have the money to fix the car. What did I tell you? Fix the car. Fix the car. We're going to get it paid for. I'm going to get him paid and I'm going to get the car paid for some kind of way. Why? Because I want that single mom to know, listen, there's a God in heaven that sees you. He's for you. Listen, go on. Just do your thing. We got you. The church. God never intended food stamps and welfare to take care of the people. That's the church's job. But what we've done is we've become stingy and we want to build our own house and drive our own car and let the house of God go in waste. Man, how in the world can you say you love God and you tip Him every week? I'm just asking you, how can you say that you love Him and you cherish Him and you tip Him every week? No, we're not tippers at our house. We givers. We givers and we extravagant givers. I'm tithing my way to where I'm going to see. This is it. We begin to move in generosity. We begin to give out of what, what we begin to give out of what we've been trusted with. We begin to release these foot soldiers and we begin to release them into works. And we, you begin to say, God, I'm, I'm sowing this on my business. This is what I, I don't believe we can buy anything from God. But you've got to understand, those of you that's been in this church, and you've I've been here since 2013. How many times have you ever seen me stand up here and preach on money? There's only a couple of times. There was one time that I got to this church on a Sunday morning. I run upstairs to pin something down that I was going to preach in the presence of God put me in the floor and he said every dime you take up today you give away you remember that how many remembers that service you remember that service and we took up whatever I had dusted run in the office I still remember it they was like two thousand dollars taken up horrible offering <laughs> two thousand dollars taken up in this church that morning and, and then I never have I never have cash on me not much what I do that the boys don't get out of my wallet or something. You know what I'm saying? But that morning, I had, I had a little cash. Didn't have as much I got in my hand today. But I had five or $600 worth of cash. 
the first person that moved, I'm talking about like that. I'll never forget it. I remember it was you. Cleve was run up the side right here. And he said, write my family down for 500 And if you was in that service, you remember that within five minutes, there was $10,000 laying on the altar that morning. And we gave every bit of the way into those individuals that was up here. And then everybody that thought we had, that you had to submit your W-2s to come to church here and all that mess of the past or whatever, there was a person that had never been in this church and said, I just witnessed a financial miracle. Listen, friend, I'm not getting your money. I think that I've proven with my life, Donna, have I not proven since I've been here? And so what I'm asking you is to see what I see. Let's be a blessing in this community. Let's honor this community. Are you with me now? Let's honor other churches. Let's, let's raise up seed that we can put in other houses of God. Knowing this, that if we're willing to be a blessing, God will bless us indeed. And He will break this off of our life. What you have in your hand today, friend, if it's $100, that's all it will ever be. You can go get a nice meal with this. You can go get a nice shirt. This is all it will ever be. Are you with me? And I know this. If This is all this will ever be. But when I release it out of my hand, son, there's something happens in the supernatural kingdom of God. God said, listen, I ain't fitting to let that thousand roll out of his hand. We just got to quit being tight-fisted. This is how you live your life with everything God entrusts you. If you hold it like this, that's all it'll ever be. God wants you to hold it like this. So that if He slips that out, when He slips it back in, good, God Almighty. You with me? Father, I thank you today. Listen, I, I have laid on my face before God. I believe I preached what the Lord told me to preach today. So I'm telling you, friend, You listen, here's the deal. Now I'm showing up at your house this morning. I'm showing up your house, and I'm showing up, and you got that one, that one little bit of meal, and I'm telling you today, if you'll honor God with your fruit, with the first fruits of your house, God will begin to bless you. Some of you, God's intended you to own lands and houses, but you're never going to see it until you get this down in your life. So Father, I thank you for the opportunity to give and be a blessing in this house. Stand up with us. The opportunity to give and be a blessing. And Father, I pray today, God, that you would begin to move us in supernatural realms of generosity, God. We would look to play, we would look for places to give and to honor. And Father, today as I put this gift that's in my hand in the soul of this ministry, God, and as it goes out of this ministry into the other ministry, I pray that this would come back into mine and Catherine's life, pressed down, shaking up, multiplying, and running over, God. I thank you that all of our needs you will meet according to your riches and glory. I thank you for the blessing of the Lord upon this house and upon this people. I thank you for the radical generosity hitting this house today, God. And I thank you, Lord, that we are the head and not the tail. God, I thank you for the opportunity this morning to be a blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Listen, whatever the Lord tells you, you bring this morning in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.